comment at the physical meeting location or by calling 1-415-655-0001 and using meeting ID 2663-725-3524. The password is 1234. Members of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes per agenda item. Please ensure you are in a quiet location. Speak clearly and turn off background sounds. Wait for the item you would like to address to be called. When prompted, press star three to be added to the queue. The system will notify you when you are in line. Callers will hear silence when waiting for your, your turn to speak. Operator will unmute you. You may also watch live at www.sfgovtv.org. Item one, roll call. President Stephen Nakajo. Vice President Army Morgan. Present. Commissioner Catherine Feinstein has been excused. Commissioner Marcy Frazier. Present. Commissioner Paula Collins has been excused. And Chief of Department Janine Nicholson. Present remotely. Thank you. President Nakajo will now read the land acknowledgement. Thank you, uh, Madam Secretary. By the way, Happy New Year, everybody, in the Year of the Dragon. The Ramatushaloni Land Acknowledgement. The Samsco Fire Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestry homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the Samsco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their tradition, the Ramatushaloni have never ceased, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respect by acknowledging the ancestor elders and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. Thank you. Item two, general public comment. Members of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes on any matter within the commission's jurisdiction that does not appear on the agenda. Speakers shall address their remarks to the commission as a whole and not to individual commissioners or department personnel. Commissioners are not to enter into debate or discussion with the speaker. The lack of a response by the commissioners or department personnel does not necessarily constitute agreement with or support of statements made during public comment. Madam Secretary, is there any member of the public that wishes to give public comment at this time? Would anybody like to make public comment? There is nobody approaching the podium. Let me check the call-in. No Jerry today, huh? Caller, would you like to make general public comment? Hello, caller? I'm just listening. Thanks. Pardon me? I'm just uh, calling to listen. He called no, this. thank you. Okay, thank you. There is nobody on, nobody else on the public comment line. All right, public comment is closed, Madam Secretary. Item three, approval of the minutes. Approval of the regular meeting minutes on March, 20, on March 8th, 2023. It's revised with added public comment. Thank you, Madam Secretary. Is there any public comment on item three, approval of the minutes for the March 8th? There is nobody approaching the podium. And Caller, did you want to make public comment on the minutes 
No, I'm just listening. Okay. There is nobody on the public comment line. Public comment is closed. Is there any questions or discussions from the commissioners at this time? If not, this is an action item, colleagues. Is there a motion, Vice yes. President Morgan? Well, I just had a question. Was this uh, public comment, was that, uh, did that actually occur at that meeting or is it? Yes, it did. And it, oh. was, and it wasn't put on the um, agenda okay. or on the right. minutes. I was just trying to understand. Okay. Thank so it was you. the highlighted portion. Thank I got you. Thank you, Madam Secretary. So. Thank you for your question, Vice President Morgan. Vice President. Morgan, is there any other questions? Otherwise, I need a motion and a second, please. Yes, uh, I'd like to make a motion to approve the, the minutes uh, for March 8th and for December 13th. We'll take December 13th, Commissioner, uh, separately. So March okay. 8th and the second, please. I'll second that. Thank President Nakajo, how do you vote? I vote aye. The motion is unanimous. They are approved as amended. Minutes from the regular meeting on December 13th, 2023. Is there any public comment on this, Madam Secretary, on the 13th? There is nobody approaching the podium and nobody on the public comment line that wants to make public comment. Thank you very much. Public comment is closed. Commissioners, questions, comments? Mm. Otherwise, we're going to need a motion and a second, Commissioners. We'll make a motion to approve the minutes from December 13th. Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. Thank you, Commissioner Frazier. President Nakajo, how do you vote? I vote aye. The motion is unanimous. We are going to take item four out of order and go with the Chief of Department's report. Item five, report from Chief of Department Janine Nicholson on current issues, activities, and events within the department since the Fire Commission meeting on December 13th, 2023, including budget, academy, special events, communications and outreach to other government agencies and the public. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Good morning, Chief. We know we, you have to attend the mayor's meeting, so we will call you at this time. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you, uh, President Picasso, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Frazier, uh, Maureen, and Command Staff. <clears throat> this is uh, my report since our December meeting. Um, so yes, uh, Happy New Year to all. Um, I know that Mark Corso will be speaking about budget uh, later on, so I won't really touch on that other than to say that our pandemic impacts are here. And, um, uh, you know, we've been asked to eliminate any wasteful uh, spending. All departments have been asked that. So. Um, Sorry, also there's a radio on in the background here. Um, <clears throat> we had, uh, I went to the city EMT graduation cohort number six in December. And um, we uh, uh, had, a, had a, a good time. A lot of good young people that are applying for the department as well, which is great news. Uh, labor management, we had a labor management meeting, a good productive meeting and um, we, I think everyone is keeping a close eye on the labor negotiations that are happening uh, with uh, SEIU, Local 21, et cetera. Um, those typically don't fall on the mayoral election cycle, but um, this year they do. 
And so that could have real uh, budget impacts. Um, we had our uh, headquarter holiday lunch um, and thank you to our commissioners who made it. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Uh, we certainly enjoyed uh, having you there. Uh, the Drug Market Accountability um, Center that uh, has been, um, uh, we've been meeting uh, for the past, I'm not even sure how many months, four, five, six months, it is starting to have a really significant impact on um, uh, city, on conditions in the city in terms of going after a lot of the, uh, the big uh, drug dealers. And um, it is also, uh, you know, you're, you may be able to see an impact on our city streets, so that's good news. Uh, Fire Marshal Coughlin is working, has been working with um, President Peskin, the Board of Supervisors, on the lithium-ion battery legislation. Uh, we have seen across the country an increase in these fires um, uh, nationwide, and I know we've had uh, several of our own here. So um, uh, legislation is needed. And this is just a first step in seeing what we can do to make things safer for people. <clears throat> uh, we met with the Consul General of Singapore, myself and CD2, CD3, and CD4. He and his uh, Vice Consul uh, came to headquarters to meet with us and uh, see what, if anything, they could learn about our um, disaster planning and just uh, response um, and, uh, and then he and his uh, vice chair, the next day I saw them at uh, uh, the Saturday NERT class. So really great guy, it was a good meeting. We had a high level staff meeting yesterday um, with myself and uh, the deputies and the ADCs and um, our health and wellness chief as well and, uh, and our division chiefs. And I thought it was super helpful um, to really dig into uh, culture of ownership and culture of responsibility uh, in this department. So it was a productive conversation and we will see some, um, some actions being taken uh, out of that meeting. We had uh, the H2 the Firefighter Academy orientation on Saturday. There were 58 recruits there. And that academy starts on the 16th. I also was able to meet and greet our H3 Level 2 Academy this past Monday, the 8th. Uh, those are paramedics. There are five students in the class. Um, and uh, we sent out the um, info about the uh, Martin Luther King celebration on Monday, hoping uh, any or many of you um, can make it. We will be there for sure. And then I just finally want to close with um, Sally, Sally, Sally. I know you are there, Sally, and I'm sorry that I'm not. And thank you for your selfless uh, leadership and service down at the toy program for all these years. Um, you have been invaluable uh, to this city and certainly to the department with your work. So thank you, my sister. I wish you well, and, um, and I know we are all grateful for you. And that concludes my report. Thank you very much, uh, Chief Nicholson. At this point, we'll take public comment off CD1's report, Madam Secretary. There is nobody approaching the podium.
Caller, did you want to make public comment on the chief's report? Uh, no, thank you. And that is it for public comment. Thank you very much. Public comment is closed. Commissioners, in terms of uh, the CD1's report, comments, questions? Yeah, yeah I, I didn't have any questions. Like the glasses, though, Chief. I know you have to get back to your business. <laughs> <laughs> but happy Thank New you, Year to you, Chief. Yep. Right. Thank you, Vice Perez. Thanks for your report. All right. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Chief. Uh, have a good meeting. and. Uh, Thank you. Take care. All right, so uh, Madam Secretary, we took this uh, item out of order. Please proceed. Item four, presentation of certi Certificate of Appreciation. The San Francisco Fire Commission to present a Certificate of Appreciation to Sally Kazaza, Chairperson of the San Francisco Fire Toy Program for many years of service and dedication to the toy program. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. I'm going to ask for public comment first off of this item, and then we'll have comments from the commission as well. Uh, if there's any member uh, from the department or the public, I see uh, President of uh, AFA, Stan Lee, and I also see Chief Buford, who was past president of 798 as well. Chief, come on up, uh, Stan. Hold on. Sorry. Get your microphone on first. Yep. Hello, Commissioners. Uh, firstly, I'd like to uh, take this time to thank you guys for recognizing Sally Kazanza. She has been a great partner to the Asian Firefighter Association since as long as I can remember. I knew Sally way back when I was the editor of the union uh, main, uh, newsletter, the main line. Sally used to work at our, our union office. And she has always been a great friend of mine, personally. I, I am so thankful that you guys are honoring her, and I'm sad to see her go. Sally, I love you. Okay, congratulations. Thank you very much, uh, Firefighter Stan Yee, President of AFA, Chief Buford. Good morning, thank you, President Nicasio, Vice President Morgan, uh, Commissioner Frazier, yes, this is a great honor and thank you for the opportunity to speak. I've had the pleasure of knowing Sally for many years, even beyond uh, <clears throat> her days with the toy program. I first really got to meet her when she was volunteering with San Francisco Boys and Girls Club. From there, she started working with our toy program. I had the pleasure of working with her both in the administrative role and as a support volunteer. But I can say that her dedication to the citizens of San Francisco went way beyond just providing toys. Year-round, she was there, whether it was a disaster of a fire uh, here in San Francisco, if there were floods or other disasters or like wildland fires in other cities, she made sure that every child who suffered a disaster knew that they were thought of and loved. And for that, I was always grateful for her work. Uh, she will be a huge loss to the program but we thank you very much, Sally, for all you did, and thank you for the opportunity to speak on her behalf. Thank you very much, Chief Buford. Chief Brown? Uh, good morning, President Nicasio, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Fraser, Chief of Department, Deputy, and Maureen. Sally, thank you. Uh, thank you for your generous spirit 
It was infectious. And everything that you brought to the program, you um, shared with us, and, and you inspired me personally to do more um, with the community. So I just uh, want to take a brief moment to thank you so much, and I hope this, um, that I continue to um, have a connection with you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chief Brown. Chief Ma, please. Morning, Commissioners, Chief of Department, uh, Chief Lucha. Um, on behalf of um, the firefighters and this department, I would like to say thank you so much, Sally, for your many, many years of giving. Um, I've been involved with the toy program. It's a fantastic program and really does speak to the heart of this department in connecting with our community and giving back to the community and to the families and the kids who really need our support. So thank you so much for your dedication, Sally. Amazing, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much, um, Chief. At this point, Chief, hello. Yes, good morning and happy new year, President Nicaggio, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Frazier, Maureen, Chief Fluttrup, Command Staff. I am Shane Kailo, Deputy Chief of Administration. And I also would like to take a moment to thank Sally for your all of your work and dedication over the years. Sally became manager at the toy program and then moved to the chairperson in 2014, where her duties were enormous, from fundraising to grant writing to um, uh, managing the 600 barrels throughout the city and county of San Francisco and so much more. Through her tenure, Sally not only developed community relationships, but relationships within the department, but more importantly built a family of 300 plus individuals that over her tenure delivered over 200,000 toys and more than, to more than 40,000 families. It's been an incredible journey and we are uh, so, so happy and sad for your retirement. But we thank you, Sally, for everything you've done for the community of San Francisco and for this fire department. Thank you very much, Chief. At this point, is there any other member of the department? Again, thank you through the Chief CD1 and any member of the public that wishes to give public comment at this time. Caller, did you want to make public comment on item four? No, thank you. There's nobody else on the public comment line. Thank you very much. Public comment is closed. Uh, any comments at this point from the commissioners before we do this presentation? Vice President uh, Morgan, would you like to give a few words? Yeah, I just want to thank Sally for her angelic work and helping the kids. Uh, especially uh, all over San Francisco and in the Bayview. And I know our union participated in the toy drive a few years, and, uh, um, and our administrative assistant, she got a great pleasure out of that. And I, I, Somehow they, it didn't connect this year, but we'll get it going again uh, with my union hall that, that I'm pr presently working for. And uh, we got a, a great uh, kick out of participating in that as well to give joy to the kids that might miss you know uh, uh, that part of the season so uh, it's an honor to present you with this certificate and it was an honor to meet you and sorry you're retiring 
Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Frazier. Yes, thank you. Um, I know I only met you, but it's always really important to recognize contributions from people like you to the effort, to the department, and to the city. Even if it feels like second nature to you, you deserve the accolades and you deserve the recognition. I think, you know, freely helping others to do something and think of others not only inspires people, as they've already mentioned, but it feels good. And that's the secret of your activity. So congratulations. I'm glad I can be here to chime in on recognizing your efforts. Thanks, Sally. Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner Frazier. Uh, at this point, I'll give a few comments, and then we're going to present this certificate uh, to you, Sally. We're going to have to ask you to come up here and receive it. Um, <coughs> yeah, you can come up here. Come on. Since we're talking about you, it's a little bit better if you're right there, since everyone's been talking and giving you accolades. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, let me do my comments, and <laughs> we'll get this going. We're real happy that you're here. It's an honor and a privilege. Uh, for myself, um, and I'm always seem to be talking about my longevity and relationship officially with the fire department, uh, 27 years, uh, unofficially a member of San Francisco. I talk often about um, the four alarm fire at my house, Arson, when I was in eighth grade at Morningstar School. Uh, but in San Francisco, being in San Francisco, there's certain things that just come out as an identification of San Francisco. This is just my interpretation of a Japanese American kid growing up in Japantown. And part of that is the 49ers, the San Francisco Giants. And for me particularly, it was the San Francisco Fire Department toy program. And for the life of me, it seems that I've always known about it. And um, being Japanese American, nothing wrong with not receiving the toy, but for my community, my culture, my family, it's hard to kind of ask for something uh, when you don't have it. So I always imagined as a kid that toys is really, really important. And so when I finally became a commissioner and I was part of the family of the department with the toy program, the San Francisco Fire Department, good old barrels all over the place, lefty old duels placed all over the place, firefighters, volunteers, and part of being the commissioner, I wanted to be part of that. And I remember back in the day going and volunteering um, to the toy program, and I was told to report to Sally. <clears throat> and I didn't know who Sally was, and I didn't think Sally knew who I was, because I'm just wearing my outfit. And I went there, and I was able to interact with folks that were volunteers, fire members, and nobody knew who I was, but... Um, you were always so gracious in terms of um, greeting me and introducing me and putting me to work immediately. <laughs> and I appreciated that because some of the young members that were there at that time who are now in the department used to say things like, I never knew that was you at that point. But I felt like I was part of that. Right. So I just wanted to say that as you retire, how much appreciation that we, the commission, and our department members have in terms of your contribution. You're a San Francisco born and raised. You did uh, 20 years at AT&T. You did 25 years at 798. And 20 years of that, you coordinated the toy program. True. So on that behalf, 
personally and with a member of the commission. We thank you so much as part of the commission for all of your contribution and hard work to the San Francisco Fire Department toy program. Thank you very much. And so thank you, thank you Commissioner. If we could present this to Sally and then we'll give you a few give you some words to express. Thank you. Thank you. And so on in appreciation from the commissioners. Thank you very much, Sally. Thank you, uh, commissioners, command staff, public, everyone that's here today. Um, actually, I don't know if, if um, Commissioner Nakajo remembers that he came to AT&T when I was working there when Jesse Jackson was there and they were on a huge um, bus, I think it was outside. And uh, that's the first time I remember meeting you. So that was over at, uh, I think, 330, 373rd Street uh, at the AT&T building. And I ran the Telephone Pioneers of America. That was the nonprofit that I was involved with at that time. And then after that, I went to work at San Ramon, and I decided I didn't like the commute to San Ramon every day. So I ended up uh, getting the job at the union and then becoming the chairperson for the toy program. So I wanted to also thank my husband, Roger Wilhelm, who's here. He's my latest victim, and uh, he's been a great, he's been a great uh, promoter of me and what I enjoy doing. And Maureen, you're the lady from headquarters that I think I've never met before. Is that correct? Probably not. Okay, I'm not sure, but you look kind of familiar to me. So, and the new the new commissioners, and I've met you before at the toy program at one at one point. But it's been a great ride. Um, I'm going to miss the job, but I also look forward to spending more time with uh, Roger. Roger and I've recently gotten married, and we're going to do some cruising. And uh, I don't know what else to say. It's a sad but very happy day. Thank you to the command staff. They're all great people. I have my favorites on there. I'd like to get to know the others better, but um, thank you. I think you all know who you are. Have a great day, and I appreciate the acknowledgement. Thank you very much, Sally, and congratulations. Congratulations and congratulations, Roger, on your recent wedding as well. Uh, Madam Secretary. Okay, we will go back to item five. We will now hear report from operations, Deputy Chief Darius Lutherup on overall field operations, including greater alarm fires, Bureau of Fire Prevention and Investigation, training within the department and airport division. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, President Nakajo, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Frazier, uh, Command Staff Chief Remotely, Maureen, uh, Deputy Chief Operations Darius Lutrup. There's a report for December of 2023. Uh, if we go to the slides. So 2023 closes with December. December was not an unusual month uh, for total Overall volume um, consistent with the month before. There was only one greater alarm in the month uh, that was on the 11th at 720 Masonic Avenue, which was a third alarm fire, box 4464. So a box 4464 uh, occurred at 3.20 in the morning at 720 Masonic between uh, Grove and Hayes. Uh, Chief Ken Yee 
uh, is not present, but he was the uh, incident commander at this. A full box was struck for a uh, three-story, two-unit residential over a garage. As you can see, that's consistent with the rest of the block. So we had buildings uh, contiguous to each other with the same uh, basic layout. First company to arrive on scene was uh, Engine 21, which in Coward, uh, as you can see from this picture, was not an arrival picture, but there was fire showing from the, the sidewalk level throughout the building. So three floors of fire on arrival. The officer immediately struck a working fire. Um, and despite that heavy volume of fire, they went to work doing uh, their primary mission, which is the, the search and rescue and extinguishment of the fire to protect the, any occupants in this building. So with an inch and three-quarter hand line, they did attempt to make entry in the structure, but obviously we're not able to progress very far with that single line. Battalion 5 arrived almost immediately after 21. Um, they arrived, they respond from the same quarters and noted that both the building to the left and to the right, the Bravo and the Delta exposures, were um, both also uh, beginning to, to light, that there was fire showing definitely over the roof line of both of the buildings and heavy smoke production on the interior. And they realized that they had to shift the tactics and strategy in that moment um, and redirect 21 to the left-hand side to the, the Bravo building to try to suppress the fire there and hold it to its building of origin. As subsequent units arrived, um, the truck raised their area ladder to the Delta, which is the, uh, the right-handed exposure building, um, split their crew, which is uh, a common tactic to, uh, to maximize the efforts of the entire company so that they could search the interior and begin fire attack on the interior and also conduct roof operations. At a fire like this, um, it's imperative because we know the fire is gonna transition to the highest point very quickly, and it was, in fact, in the attic spaces of both of these buildings on their arrival. So they were going to hold it in place. Division two arrived and immediately saw the need for additional resources and struck a third alarm and, and shifted the tactics um, from, the, from the command perspective and began to assign basically these two buildings as um, acting as independent fires by, by turning them into divisions and giving a chief a responsibility for all the responsibilities of fire attack, search, rescue, ventilation, that occur in any structure fire. It uh, allows for greater accountability, the safety of the members. It allows for uh, the efficiency of operations and Chief E put that in place quickly, um, knowing that the fire was not going to go out until the main body of fire in the, in the 720 Masonic was addressed. But limiting it to the building of origin uh, became the tactic and as well as search and rescue for any occupants of any of the buildings, including 720 Masonic. This, this fire had an advantage over us. Um, you'll note that this is another fire where on arrival we have a, a building that is fully involved in flame. And what happened at 720 Masonic was uh, heavy renovations were going on in the building. So that meant open framing in all of the dwelling spaces in this building. With open framing, you have quick transmission of fire to the structural members. You don't have any of the protective sheetrock or plaster that would normally be in a building. That also allowed it to transition, uh, had, had free movement um, from the front and the rear of the building, easy access in the front and the rear. 
Uh, that allowed the fire to push completely through the building and also engulf the rear deck of the structure, which meant that anybody in this structure was, was trapped by fire and that it was imperative for us to get to them as quickly as possible. The other thing about the open framing and the, the amount of fire involved on their arrival was we knew there would be a collapse in the structure. Chief E was, was aware of this from the start. The company's operating on the scene. We're cognizant of it almost immediately. Um, and so our expectation early on was we'd, we'd have a collapse of at least the roof portion of this building. Um, in a building like this, a, a wood frame, Typically, we don't see it push the walls as much as we would in, in some other masonry construction, but they kept the front of the building clear um, and, and fought the fire with an eye towards imminent collapse. When the fire did collapse, uh, the, the roof, it brought it down onto the, the floor plate of the third floor, which also collapsed that because it had also already been subject to heavy fire. Once those two pieces of the building collapsed downwards, uh, it created void spaces and made it um, a difficult fire to fight from the exterior. And it, the tactic of um, employing master streams, which I'll get to in a moment, um, was not going to be effective totally. And the coordination of both the Bravo and the Delta, once they had the fire in those buildings contained, their tactic moved to suppressing the fire in 720 Masonic by breaching walls in the structure and applying water from the buildings to either side. It was, it, it was uh, the only option and a great option in this case. Once those plans were in place and working and we had three alarms worth of uh, companies on the field and a, a strong water supply in the area, uh, the use of a multiversal from an engine in the front of the building was uh, taken on. So at this point, um, with coordination and very, very close coordination with the companies operating on the scene, uh, a heavy master stream or a multiversal device, we have various names for the same thing, which is a, a very large nozzle supplying huge amounts of water to the fire. This seems on the outside like an easy thing to do. Um, we often can think of water like a light rain or a dew or, you know, it seems entirely manageable, but a master stream like this um, is putting out thousands of pounds of water a minute. If you take gallons you convert it to its weight, any water that is not evaporated or turned into steam, taking the heat out of this fire becomes a load on, on the structure. So there can't be units operating in harm's way, or especially units that could be struck by this stream. The, the weight of this water is, is massive and intense. In the rear of the building, um, as we continued our search and rescue operations, obviously we have a dedicated company to that. Our truck companies are, are great at searching and, and rescuing people from structures, but they were heavily occupied in their other fire tasks. So luckily we have our rescue squad. Our rescue squad had made it to the rear through the tradesmen of 720 Masonic through that fire and encountered two people who had been forced to jump from the rear of the building. Uh, they made a rapid communication. They packaged very carefully uh, the two people and uh, were attempting to get them out of harm's way when the tradesmen became untenable. So they couldn't return the way that they had come. Uh, they quickly 
went through the rear fence of the Bravo exposure and were able to execrate them safely and have them transported to the hospital. This fire initially, as I said, because of the contiguous nature of the construction, um, there was a concern that this fire had always had the potential to extend beyond the buildings that you see in this picture. Um, that's always a concern in the city of San Francisco. Uh, it's the reason our, our staffing is what it is. It's the reason we're equipped and the tactics we use uh, are practiced for that kind of event. So initially 44 people were evacuated from the block. Um, we were able to maintain a safe haven at uh, John Adams Community College across the street. Um, so luckily on a cold night, we had a place for people to get out of harm's way. Uh, and in the end, due to the bravery, the, the strong work, the training, all the things that go into the operations of the San Francisco Fire Department, um, seven people were displaced. And we don't like to see anybody displaced from their home, but taking it from 44 to 7 was quite, quite the boon. So I find myself in a position again, and I promise I will tell you um, when I think we are failing, we are not failing. This is a, a fire that had a huge head start on us that had the potential to expand well beyond the footprint that it was contained to and the bravery, ingenuity, and, and the strong work that the chiefs of operations are, are doing with all the membership down to the line firefighters, EMTs, and paramedics uh, showed itself again and, you know, closed 2023 with, with me commending them for their strong work at this fire. As you can see, even with three alarms of fire, um, they were very cognizant of keeping the front of the building open. And at this point, the master stream is no longer in operation, but it's a good shot of the scene. To close 2023, I'll just give you a general greater alarms report, which is not included in your commission report. Unfortunately, I apologize. Uh, there were 17 total greater alarms in the year 2023. Uh, 13, the bulk of them were held to a, a second alarm. Uh, there were three Three alarm fires, including uh, the major incident on uh, uh, yeah, major incidents, and then the only fourth alarm fire was um, the incident on Octavia of this year. Another fast-moving fire with open framing and and contained in the building of origin, primarily. And that does end the slideshow. As I always promise to be brief, this time I will 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 be brief. I promise. Um, in the Bureau of Fire Prevention Investigation, uh, most of the great work was highlighted by the chief in her report. Um, the fire marshal continues to lead on emerging issues for fire safety and fire protection. Um, I did point out in your report last time there is a, a large uptick in the notice of violation and the notice of uh, complaints, and this, this is merely um, a lag in uh, implementation of policy, and the fire marshal is working diligently to clear all of these notices of violation and complaint. Um, and I thank him for his work. At the division of training, oh, and I'm sorry, at the airport division, um, Chief Darcy continues to manage the airport um, with, with a tremendous amount of dedication and uh, with an eye to the task of uh, improving the airport at every turn. Um, you can see from their included SFO, SFFD, SFDO newsletter, um, all the good work he's been doing with his training initiatives. Uh, and then 
as as this has expanded and it allows some participation from field companies to also receive this training he's really used it as a recruitment tool and really strengthened the capabilities of his airport division and my initiative for him in 2024 is to spread this to the city and have greater interaction between operations as a whole and the suppression units with uh, airport operations so we have a better understanding of airport operations at the division of training chief Mao's uh, work continues unabated there was, is a slight lull between the two h2 classes but uh, as the chief mentioned we are starting our next h2 academy on tuesday and an h3 level two academy is in process uh, started this week uh, so there will be at this point Hopefully five new members in the paramedic rank at Station 49, and I hopefully we graduate all 58 of the H2s. Um, the graduating class, uh, when it was added to the field in December, did great things for our numbers as far as uh, overtime, et cetera, et cetera, but it is always good to have new members in the field because it spurs um, the, the teamwork and the ability to train new members always inspires everybody else to be better and so we always look forward to getting new members in the field and yeah I'll, i will be brief i'll close the report there thank you all for your time thank you very much chief madam secretary is there public comment on chief lenthrop's report there is nobody approaching the podium this is public comment mary this is the time Please. It's bigger than I am. <laughs> um, Make sure you speak loudly in the microphone, Mary. Thanks, Commissioner. Uh, Nakajo, uh, Vice President um, Morgan, and Commissioner Fraser, and all of the um, fire department brass that are here. It's making me a little nervous, all these important people in one room. Um, I was uh, fortunately awake and fully clothed, working on my computer in my dining room at the time of this fire, and uh, had decided it might be time to go to bed. I never go to bed without checking out my front door. And what appeared to me was a red fog out in the street, which made me uh, a little suspicious. Opened the door in time to see ash coming my way. I'm to the north of the uh, main fire building. And uh, immediately ran back, got my phone, called 911. Um, the, um, uh, as I was talking to the 911 operators, I could hear the fire trucks coming uh, in response, and I told her, I, I can go, that I hear them coming. She said, no, we need more information from you. Tried to help her out as best as I could, and uh, was getting more nervous by the minute, as I am now. And um, we uh, tried to tell uh, uh, her what homes had people in them, uh, where they might be in the buildings, and um, I, I don't know uh, whether my information was helpful, but I hope it was. And about that time, uh, I don't know whether it was engine 21 or engine 10 that pulled up in front of my house, 
but one of them did. Someone jumped off the truck, ran to my gate, was going to pry it open, and I buzzed him in, which I think shocked him. And uh, uh, then he was going to head for the upstairs door, and I said, look, I've got a key here. Let's let you in. So, um, and then he said, you better get out of here. So I grabbed a uh, coat, had my phone in my hand, and um, I don't even think I had the keys to the house, but I may have. I ran out and um, was absolutely in shock at what was before me next door. Uh, they, that house was just completely engulfed in such an array of flames. You got about 30 seconds, Mary, but I extended. Well, I, I think what I want you all to know is that uh, the fire department did its job. There were, I understand, over 100 firefighters there, and they worked diligently to get that fire out so the whole block didn't go up. And I thank you all. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you very much, uh, Mary. Any other member of the public wish to give public comment this time? Hello. Would you like hello. to make a hello. hello? Yes, hi. Um, this is Harold Dunn. Um, I'm one of the owners of 720 Masonic. Just wanted to um, thank everyone involved. Um, I'm here in the hospital with my wife. Uh, who is beginning PT, and um, you know, it's, I hear the report, and it sounds like you know, to to you guys, it's just your job. Um, but we were completely overtaken by this fire. We um, woke up to a faint smell of smoke, and um, by the time we looked at an exit, they were all blocked. And you know, we had to jump from the third floor balcony and. Um, the report mentions locating us and packaging us up for delivery, but um, there's no question our lives were saved by the work and professionalism of everyone involved. We were, my wife was in the yard with a broken femur, pelvis, hip, ribs, lacerated spleen, broken lumbar vertebrae, and the fire was approaching us still, and we were surrounded by a fence that was beginning to burn. and. Um, if it wasn't for the expectation, we would have perished back there. And um, I'm a little emotional about this, but, you know, uh, we can't say enough to express our gratitude and just wanted to make sure we said that. Do you want to say anything, Natalie? Thank you so much. You gave us, and I'm so grateful to all of you that were involved and all of you that risked your lives for everyone. Thank you so much. Would you mind stating your name, sir? Yeah, my name is Harold Dunn, last name D-U-N-N, and that was my wife, Natalie Bauer, B-A-U-E-R. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you all again. Thank you very much, uh, Madam Secretary. Thank you, Mr. Dunn, Madam Bauer. <laughs> At this point, anybody else in terms of public comment, Madam Secretary? There is nobody else on the public comment line, and I don't see anybody approaching the podium. Okay, public comment is closed. Any <coughs> comments or questions from the commissioners for CD2 at this point, please? I'll keep it quick. Yeah, Vice thanks. President Morgan. Yeah, thanks for your report, Chief Lethrop. Uh, 
I, I might have missed. Did, did can you uh, hit your microphone, please? Uh, oh, make sure you're. Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah it's on. Chief, um, back to the Masonic fire. Um, the neighboring uh, homes were they severely damaged as well? Yeah, that that was a. Uh -huh. The additional displacements were the homes were heavily damaged. Obviously, the roofs were open. There was fire in the walls and in the attic spaces, and uh -huh. obviously, a lot of water was used to uh -huh. fight this fire in the space. Uh -huh. so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just want to thank you for your public comment, Mary, and I'm, I'm sorry for your, hopefully your place didn't get too damaged. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, and, you, and you answered my other question, why did it go up so fast? Because it was, it was kind of a hollow shell, and that's unfortunate, and the roof was uh, dangerous to be up uh, on top of and stuff, and thank God uh, nobody else was hurt, but, uh, except uh, the people are trying to save their lives, but, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, in a dense city like this, you know, it's, it's, it's even, a fire could be even more, you know, you know, dangerous and, and catastrophic uh, unfortunately but uh you know th thank god no no life was lost and, and and the rest is replaceable but uh i and i just want to commend all the companies and uh chief maloney and all the other chiefs uh that was in this report uh and uh, Rescue Squad 1 for helping the civilians who had to jump and, um, and all the other engines for doing such a great job on this fire. And, and I'm glad you guys are here today. And you look well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. Commissioner Frazier. Yes, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you, Chief Letter, for your report. Very vivid report. Uh, Thank you, Commissioner Morgan, who asked the question I was curious about, about the <clears throat> both adjacent buildings. And I guess, you know, it, what it really boils down to is what Mary, Harold, and Natalie already shared. Um, they have a perspective that I certainly don't have, and hopefully most San Franciscans won't have to have. But if we ever do, uh, what a relief, what a gift, what an inspiration, what a comfort that the actions of the San Francisco Fire Department took that, that night. And so thank, thanks to you and to everybody who shared their stories today and thanks to all the firefighters who were there. Uh, it's an amazing thing. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, Commissioner Frazier. Um, again, deep appreciation, Mary. Mary Sizaki, dear friend, colleague, former board member, while former executive director to you, a board member of Kimochi, Linda, coming this morning. Um, the call-ins from Mr. Dunn, Ms. Bauer. You know, periodically, Chief, we get your report as part of incidents and fires. And again, there's so much appreciation in terms of the written report, but also the narrative reports within it. And there's a lot of fires, and depending upon where it is, uh, but again, if we are able to hear public comment from the residents itself, it means quite a bit. I also want to thank the staff, the command staff, the members who responded that day, to, but to all the members of our department 
for taking care of business or job. And I appreciate your keen oversight in that as well. One question on that fire. I'm always curious as to when residents are displaced and they were able to stay at what I call old low high school John Adams. How does that kind of an arrangement occur on something like as instantaneous as a fire? Is that designated or can you explain a little bit to the commission how that occurs? Because I, I'm grateful for that to occur. I just am curious as how does that happen? So we, we have a great partnership with most of our city partners um, and we have the assistance in that case once 44 people are displaced and on the sidewalk uh, we we get assistance from parking transport or from the SFPD who are maintaining the perimeter uh, I believe in this case the incident commander asked the police to make contact with the community college and they were able to gain entry after hours with the assistance of the community college um, we have a partnership, obviously, with the Red Cross. The Red Cross is our primary point of contact for those who are displaced by fire, for uh, temporary assistance, for dwelling for, for that night or for a period of time. Um, we've just recently, as a side note, updated our communications with displacements, and um, a lot of other city resources now are available to those displaced by fire, and we've, we've created kind of a, a card, a clearinghouse on a card with uh, information for people who are displaced. So hopefully they'll get tied into city services and other nonprofit services much more quickly. I appreciate that, Chief, because again, for us, it's reporting to the fire, the suppression, dealing with it, monitoring it after the fire, but then there's this whole other life beyond the fire with residents. And I'm, I'm glad the commission is to hear about the network that's set up. I appreciate that very much. My only two comments off the report was, again, off of our airport report. I, again, um, appreciate the photos. Um, they had that photo of the Christmas party, and they looked like they're having so much fun. I wish I was there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that seems like a really joyous occasion, but also more information. I was also curious in the training report, Chief, off of our report, just several photos. But there's a photo on page 31. I don't know if you have it to the public. I know they don't have it. <coughs> Chief Moss, the same picture as page 32 at the bottom page. There's an apparatus. I, I what is that apparatus? Yeah, I, I was going <laughs> to call it out, but I had a feeling you might ask about this. So this is an old um, boathouse. This is a portion of one of our old fireboats that um, they're using because of its weight and because of its size to simulate a large object on top of a car for training our paramedics in crush syndrome and other um, injuries that would be associated with being crushed under it. But it's, it's kind of a fun piece of our history that's uh, available on the Treasure Island site and they're just using it in a novel way. Okay, thank you for that explanation. It looked like that, but I wasn't sure. All right, thank you very much for your comprehensive report. Chief Lunsrop, Madam Secretary. We'll continue on with report from EMS and Community Paramedicine, Deputy Chief Sandra Tong, on the EMS and Community Paramedicine Divisions. Good morning, Chief Tong. 
Hi, good morning, President Acaggio, Vice President Morgan, Commissioner Frazier, Chief Nutrup, uh, Command Staff, Maureen, uh, Sandy Tong, Deputy Chief of EMS Community Paramedicine. This is my report for December. Um, under the report of EMS Division Chief Hangerlini, uh, we do a four-month look back. Uh, this is an average of our call volume, our time on task, market share, Narcan use, and cardiac arrest. Uh, we've been pretty consistent in terms of the call volume over the month of December from the previous four months, um, although we did see a, a significant in uptick um, in delays, uh, time delays in terms of um, our offloads at the hospital. So our APOT times were some significantly extended um, during some of the times um, on those last few days of December. So it seems to have improved a little bit more since uh, this last week uh, in January, but in general, uh, we've been um, pretty much consistent with the call volume um, and our time on task. We averaged about 366 calls with 77% of the market share. On New Year's Eve, um, we did ex um, see an uptick also in calls after midnight. Otherwise, the day was you know, pretty regular until um, after midnight when um, I think all the parties started to let out and uh, we did see a, a significant number of um, incidents having um, occurred between the hours of uh, 12 o'clock and 6 a.m. Uh, one of the things that I noted in the um, report that you saw, um, you know, every day our members are doing tremendous work in terms of trying to address the medical and traumatic injuries that happen um, in San Francisco. Uh, one of the things that um, was noted in our report was um, our um, EMT, uh, Frederick uh, Kaner, uh, he was at UC um, SF in the parking lot and he heard some screaming nearby. So he went to investigate, and he saw somebody um, trying to hang himself um, from, um, I don't know exactly what um, particular device, but um, it did just immediately went to go and lift this person up to prevent him from hanging, and um, then called at the same time on his radio um, to get some help. So he was able to get, um, while um, people were responding, continued to hold this person up um, until police and other members came to um, assist and literally save this person's life. Um, we have put him in for accommodation. Um, here you see um, some additional pictures um, that also Chief Lettrup shared uh, regarding uh, the RC training that we had for new members as well as um, current members of our rescue captains. Um, they were able to um, practice and sort of uh, examine and look at um, a number of scenarios in terms of multi-casualty incidents and how they would um, make sure that they run that medical portion of those incidents as well as looking at, um, and this um, these pictures um, highlight um, what can happen to a person who is trapped under um, a device for a significant time, which we call crush syndrome. And so they, as a clinical supervisor, um, were looking at what they would be doing and how they would be directing our crews when they're trying to save somebody from um, this and extricate somebody from this predicament. On December 12th, uh, Mayor Breed came to Station 49 uh, to express her thanks to our members um, on all the work that we did during APEC. Um, she spent quite a bit of time with all of our members and um, was able to answer questions, address concerns, um, and although this was considered an informal event, um, it was deeply appreciated by all of us. 
during the week of, or a couple of weeks of December 15th to the 24th, uh, the Union Square Alliance hosted the Winter Walk. Uh, this, was during, uh, this was at Union Square where they closed two blocks of uh, Stockton Street um, from Post and O'Farrell and they um, coppered it with blue um, carpet, um, have polar bears, bears and other um, fun things for kids to do. Um, SPCA showcased their animals and so they requested that we provide, um, whether it was an ambulance or a fire engine or a truck, uh, to come and um, be available for the kids and the parents to, um, to explore. So we did that during all those days. Uh, EMS and CP also held, celebrated the holidays, and on Christmas, uh, we had a um, hosted meal by, um, it was basically supported by the officers of EMS and CP, um, but we had members who helped with the cooking. We had um, our EMT, Clark Stern, who brought his industrial grill um, over to the station, and they barbecued um, tri-tips, chicken. Uh, we had a bunch of other um, sides and cookies, and so it was a time for all of our members that were working that day and had to sacrifice some time from their families to be able to meet together and eat together and enjoy that day. Um, and so we're very thankful for all of the support that we received to get our folks in there. Uh, for community paramedicine under Chief Simon Pang, uh, we had a number of activities also that occurred during the month of December. Uh, Chief April Sloan went and visited um, all of the, uh, the SFPD captains um, during their monthly meetings. And so it was an opportunity for her to um, talk about some of the changes that have been happening with the SCRT, um, some changes to the special call criteria that are upcoming, and so was able to answer and clarify some of the, our operational procedures with them. Um, we also had Chief Mason um, meet with the Portland, Oregon folks. Um, they also were um, seeking to get some additional information about our programs and how we've developed our programs. Um, this is just an, a, one of a number of opportunities that we have to share what we've done here in, in the city with other jurisdictions and other um, counties and cities. Uh, Chief Sloan also um, has been working to identify some of the um, more some of the criteria and other um, processes that we need to do to address the um, new um, SB 43 um, Senate bill. Um, and this expands the definition of gravely disabled um, to include those um, that have been disabled due to substance use disorder. So we've been also been asked to come up with a list of people who we think might qualify under this criteria and provide that to the city so we can continue to do additional um, follow-up with them. Um, and then finally, we were awarded um, a Civic Bridge um, application that we put in, and this is a partnership between um, the private sector and a city department or city um, agency to look at a, a particular item issue. And so we will be working with a private provider, um, par private partner, uh, to look at our EMS 6 program and how to better define the metrics, how we better define how we can perform better in terms of um, dealing with those particular clients or frequent um, utilizers of 911. So that'll be a, I believe it's a 16-week um, program that we'll be working with them. And then here you see some of the data that we have from our EMS-6 SCRT and um, um, overdose response teams. Um, and this just um, sort of continues to outline the work that we've been doing um, every day on the streets. Uh, the CP and EMS um, crews continue to offer Suboxone also to um, those that are suffering from overdose. And um, in this month, we had 10 of those starts. 
And then finally in your report, uh, you see this jar of jelly beans and gummy bears and um, gumballs. And this was during our Santa uh, breakfast. We had all of the um, participants um, look to see and count and provide um, their guests, best guests, for the number of uh, jelly beans, gumballs, and gummy bears. And I don't know if you all had a guess. I know Chief Leftrup put in a number. Do you recall? 2,872. Anyone want to challenge that? In the jar, 500. Anyone else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they ain't half the jar already. So I, I know you don't have the perspective of how big the jar is, but um, there were 3,415 candies. Wow. So congratulations to Camille Fartash. Uh, she is the daughter of um, Paula and Darush uh, Fartash, and uh, she had a guess of 3,201. So 3,201. So she was really close. So now she has a lifetime supply of gummy bears and jelly beans. Um, and thanks to Chief, uh, actually to RC's uh, Chelsea Myers and Nick Esquerdo uh, for coordinating all of the holiday events that EMS and CP um, did, whether it was the meals, um, the Santa breakfast. And then finally, congratulations, Sally. Um, so well deserved. And I know you're going to love your retirement with your new husband, Roger. Thank you so much for everything you did and is well deserved. That's my report. Thank you. We'll take I don't see any. Off of Chief Tong. I don't see anybody approaching the podium. There are two lines here. Caller, would you like to make public comment on Chief Tong's report? Okay. No. No comment. No comment. No comment. <laughs> Correct. Caller, would you like to make public comment on Chief Tong's report? Hello, caller? And they are not responding. And that is all on the public comment line. All right, public comment is closed. Commissioners, questions, comments for Chief Tong? Vice President Morgan? Oh, I'll go real quick. Uh, Thank you for your report, uh, Chief Tong. Um, I noticed on, on the first page here, the, the Narcan use uh, was uh, down in November and December. Is that in relation to all the police activity that went on the last couple of months, hopefully? <laughs> or, uh, it it or fluctuates, so we're not able to make any kind of definitive um, <clears throat> you know, predictions as to why. Uh -huh. um, so some of that numbers have um, gone down, but we'd like to think that yes, that is uh, due to um, you know our efforts to try to um, get people before they actually overdose, um, and mm -hmm. and some of it may be some increased um, pressures in the community. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, obviously you guys noticed a you know slight difference towards the end of the year, which is which was good, and I just want to commend uh, M.T. Kaner for saving the guy's life. Yes. Uh, that was good work. That guy was lucky. And, uh, and Captain uh, Jeff Kovitz uh, for the overdose work he, he did with people saving, uh, I guess someone had a cardiac arrest in relation to opioids and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Does that happen a lot? Yes. Ooh, that's scary. 
Yes, yeah, so I just want to commend that. And, and that's all I got. Thank you for your thank report. You. Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. Commissioner Frazier. Yes, thank you. Great report. Thank you. <clears throat> Chief Tong, really, really interesting. A couple questions, and, and also, for sure, I second uh, the commendation presentation for EMT Kaner. That's just terrific. And everyone's work is terrific. Um, the statistics that you provided us month to month on the first page of the report, and I know you're going to get some help uh, from, you said, the outside vendor for some of the research and looking back at how we're doing or what we do, how we compare with other cities our size, if we ever look at anything like that. Mm. We can um, get you a little bit more of that data, but yeah, um, I'm just curious. Are you looking at in terms of just general call volume? Um, yeah, call volume. Uh, some of these outcome Narcan use. If other cities, I mean, some other cities may or may not be using it, but if there's some comparables, out. Please let me finish, Maureen. All that dinging. <laughs> um, how we compare with other cities, I think, would be interesting to me, but perhaps something we could, if it's possible, to look at. Sure. Um, the other thing is, I wanted to shout out to you all, is the, uh, the page on uh, individuals experiencing homelessness. Uh, it looks like EMS 6 is way over half of our calls are people experience homelessness in the last six months uh, for some of our calls. But fire, of course, I mean, medical is quite a bit lower than that. So I think that's a really important statistic that for us to talk about, dive into, keep gathering are the numbers of people over the incidents that EMS 6 responds to and all, all of our services, medical services that uh, people experiencing homelessness and what that entails for the response to set up and deliver services on the street mm -hmm. and outside. That's an additional set of skills, equipment, uh, time. I would guess there's some additional things that happen rather than running into somebody's house and there's water available right there or there are other things available, a pillow, a blanket, you know, that things are available. It's just tougher work mm -hmm. to do that on the sidewalk. So I'm just noticing that. But anyway, the report was great. It's really interesting. I look forward to hearing about, uh, as you go forward, with some of the research that you have in mind, I think it's going to be important for uh, for us and certainly for the whole city. So thank you, thank Steve. Thank you very much, Commissioner Frazier. Just a couple of questions, uh, Chief, and myself. Not a question, comment. I really enjoy the fact, and I know the commissioners do too, that you take the time and you have the staff to, or volunteers to do holiday Christmas parties. I just think that so makes so much sense for those members who work on those mm -hmm. holidays, Christmas, and to have that recognition. I think that's really, really important. My other question specifically in terms of uh, the street crisis response team for the data of December 1st to 31st, I think it was like 1140. I'm sorry, can you um, repeat that? I think that number was 1140 on street crisis team off your chart Yes. December 1st and 31st. And I'm, again, just want to be clear, because of the holidays and such, is that an increased number comparative to about 900, or is that pretty average? Um, let me just look at my last month.
There's an assumption that I think because it's the holidays, there's more need, but that's not quite true when it comes to members or are of the public who are out there who just have needs, period, in San Francisco. I know we've been running around 900 responses average. That's what I think. So in the month of October, we had uh, 1,251 calls for service, and then in November, 1,037. Okay, so it runs pretty close to so a little bit less. Okay. More or less. Okay, that's a large number still. Okay, thank you very much, Chief, for your comprehensive report. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Secretary. Okay. Item six, overview of the city's budget instructions and pro process for fiscal years 2024-2025 and 2025-2026. Presentation from Mark Corso, Deputy Director of Finance and Planning on the Fire Department's upcoming budget process. Overview of city's budget process and timelines Mayor's Office Budget Instructions and Fire Department Budget Updates and Priorities for the Upcoming Budget Process. Discussion only. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Uh, thank you very much, Director Corso, for your patience. Please present this item. Good morning, Commissioners. Uh, Chief Maureen, uh, just give me one second here and I'll uh, bring up the presentation that you should have before you. Good morning again. Uh, Mark Corso, Finance and Planning at the Fire Department, here to, I guess, kind of officially kick off uh, the Fire Department's uh, upcoming two-year budget process for the two fiscal years starting July 1st, 2024. Um, this is a rolling two-year budget, just like normal, uh, as it has been in the past, I guess, 10 years now. Um, just a uh, few of the talking points for today. Um, just This is more of an overall presentation on the uh, budget process as a whole, uh, timelines, guidelines, budget instructions from the mayor's office, um, and a start to begin the discussion on the, San on the fire department specific budget. Uh, that will be more in depth in the uh, next two meetings, but uh, happy to take questions obviously on anything related to that. Um, just kind of going over uh, the process, timelines in the background, uh, update on the city's financial plan, some of the information that's been communicated to us. You may have seen in the news, but just kind of want to highlight a few of the main points. Um, what the uh, specific instructions are to city departments and uh, in turn the department specifically. And then uh, just the timelines overall, both for uh, what will be coming before you as the fire commission and then what our timelines overall are as related to the city process. And then again, happy to... Uh, answer any questions that you may have. So just uh, kind of a high-level summary on, on timelines, um, and this is consistent with as it, the regular annual process. Uh, the one difference was in 2020 when we had obviously the COVID pandemic. Um, things got kind of thrown around a little bit, but since that time we've been back to a uh, more normal timeline uh, with higher deficits obviously because of the pandemic, but timeline-wise uh, has been pretty consistent since then. So in December, uh, what's called the joint report, joint report is released, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, that kind of forms and feeds into what budget ins instructions are given by the mayor's office to various city departments. Um, departments then work on their budgets and their submittals up until their deadline to submit, which is February 21st. 
the mayor's office then takes all of those citywide uh, proposals, um, takes a look at what departments are proposing, in addition to kind of other structural issues throughout the city, uh, and then they need the mayor needs to present to the board by June 1st uh, via city charter uh, a, a completely balanced budget for the city. Uh, at that time, the budget and the, uh, the board and their budget analysts review. There's budget hearings throughout the month of June, and then theoretically everything gets wrapped up uh, in uh, after negotiations in early July or late July, uh, and then for approval and mayor's signing off on it. And as I mentioned, this is a rolling two-year budget. Uh, it is one two years, but uh, we look at every every year. We look at the next two years out, uh, and so. At this point, for the last year's second year is now our first year this year. Uh, so nothing in the second year is um, fixed in any way. There are some city departments, mainly non-general fund, that do a two-year fixed budget, and you are only doing the full process every two years unless there's a major change that needs to be uh, implemented. Otherwise, uh, you're just doing it two years. This is still an annual rolling process. So as I mentioned, uh, the first kind of domino to fall in this, uh, so to speak, is the release of the city's joint report, which is a report from the mayor's office, controller's office, and budget and legislative analyst of the board, uh, taking a look at the city's finances, not just for this year, not just for next year, but over the next five years, an update to the five-year financial plan. Uh, and this gives an overview of projected revenues, projected expenditures, a number of assumptions related to ballot initiatives, any other trends um, that can be identified, any other kind of big items that would have fiscal impact that are on the horizon. And based off of that, uh, there are developed projections of either budget surplus or budget deficits over the next five years. And those levels of those reductions are then uh, kind of what makes those budget reductions and instructions from the mayor's office. Um, and this is no, there's no difference to that process this year. This was released back in December. And then I just want to go highlight a few things before I get into the actual budget instructions. Uh, so this is a very high level chart that essentially boils down the city's issue is that uh, revenues are steadying, but expenditures are growing and outpacing those revenues uh, quite significantly. And what that results in is a, a significant um, deficit not just next year and the year after that, but in the outgoing years, and that gets worse in the outgoing years. Uh, there's a large discrepancy between projected revenues coming in and the projected obligation for costs going out, and that is what drives that uh, deficit. Uh, and it, a lot of that is structural, right? So uh, you'll see it will talk about what is requested of departments, but even if departments uh, gave back everything that's requested of them through the budget instructions, there are still a number of things that um, that's not even, that's not going to solve the deficit. So there's a number of structural issues in the city that uh, the mayor's office needs to deal with. Here's a brief chart just kind of showing uh, revenue impacts from COVID. Um, so the, the uh, on the left there is the pre-COVID, so, so to speak, revenue levels. Um, since that time, we've seen a decrease of approximately 20%, uh, and many of those revenues are going to take a significant time to recover. Uh, those are the, the main issues, as I mentioned, that feed into that uh, expenditure outpacing the revenues. Uh, the city's recovering, but some of the main economic drivers are going to take longer than uh, the city would like to recover to where they should be. So just spoke to many of these points, but this, this is kind of the highlights of the joint report. Uh, so revenues are stabilizing. They're growing slowly, but 
expenditures are far outpacing those revenues, and that is resulting in a net overall deficit for the city. Um, salary and benefits are continuing to grow, and healthcare costs are increasing as well. Um, there are a few uh, assumptions in there for growth, mainly tied to CPI for both wages uh, and uh, non-labor items, contracts, et cetera. Um, in the last budget process, there were a number of one-time sources, one-time uh, sources of funding that were used that are no longer available going forward. Uh, so that obviously impacts the overall picture. Um, and in addition, some of the projections do not, uh, the projections overall from the joint report do not include uh, the assumption of a recession occurring. So that is obviously a risk that's still out uh, laying out there. And then as we move along in this process, this will be uh, updated in three months in March based on any additional um, information that is available. And in general, it fluctuates a little bit between uh, Feb uh, December and March, but nothing hugely where it's going to solve anywhere near close to what is uh, in the deficit, barring some unforeseen um, impact. So as far as overall dollars, uh, the joint report projects approximately an $800 million deficit over the next two years. And that's, that, but that's the budget process we're talking about, that number highlighted there. Um, as you can see, that number is projected to grow uh, year over year. That's uh, kind of compounds on itself there, but uh, there are a number of structural issues uh, that need to be addressed that make up that huge number. Um, but the city right now, for departments, we're looking at that two-year projection of $800 million. Given these challenges, the mayor's uh, priorities are similar to what they have been in previous years, uh, even given um, the, the fiscal difficulties that remain ahead, uh, improving public safety and street conditions, uh, citywide economic vitality, reducing homelessness, transforming mental health services, and accountability and equity in services and spending. Uh, departments are requested to view all aspects of their budget through these lenses and look for efficiencies, look for uh, additional ways of uh, doing business that can create both operational and cost efficiencies. Moving on to the specific instructions that were given by the mayor's office to departments, um, as I mentioned, with that significant deficit of approximately $800 million over the next two years, uh, departments were proposed to, are requested to propose um, a 10% reduction in general fund support uh, in each year with a 5% contingency. And for the fire department, that 10% equates to $12.24 million. Uh, that 5% then is uh, half of that, $6.12 million. Um, given the size of the, as I mentioned before, the overall deficit, if all departments uh, gave in 10% in each year, that still would not solve the deficit problem. Uh, so there are structural issues that the city is looking at. In addition, the chief mentioned a couple things in her report that will impact the process. Um, so this is obviously an election year. Uh, there's complications from that. And in addition, the other than police and fire, uh, all the labor contracts are up. So. Uh, those are in process, negotiations are ongoing, but those will most likely obviously have a fiscal impact uh, to the city over the next few years. So as far as the overall timeline, uh, budget process-wise, um, in December the instructions were released, the joint report were, was released. Uh, in early February 24, the uh, six-month report for the current fiscal year will be released. Um, if there's any projected benefits or savings from that, that will be factored into the overall city deficit, but we're currently working with uh, the controller and the mayor office on our portion of that. Um, February 21st, budget submissions are due to the controller and the mayor's office from all city departments. 
Uh, March through May, that during that period, uh, there will be an update to the joint report from December, and in addition, an update to the six-month for the nine-month report. Uh, June 1st is the deadline for the mayor to submit a balanced budget to the board. Uh, during, during June, that's when we have our committee hearings and where we will be uh, reaching out to various supervisors and uh, have our presentation before the Budget and Finance Committee. And then in July is when uh, final negotiations occur and the budget is heard at the board. Uh, for the commission portion of it, um, today is just a general overview of instructions. Uh, we'll have a, more of a conversation about the fire de department specific issues on the next meeting on the 24th. Um, on the 14th uh, would uh, theoretically be uh, a, a draft budget submitted to the commission for approval. Um, we can get into what that looks like, and I imagine it will look what it has in similar years, but um, that's, the that's the last meeting before the uh, February 21st submission deadline. Uh, there is some budget legislation pertaining to transparency and public hearing for departmental budgets. This schedule meets that, so that's not an issue there. Um, if there are any outstanding issues uh, coming from that February 14th meeting, we can have a special meeting prior to uh, the February 21st submittal, um, but that is obviously at the discretion of the commission. Uh, and then we are submitting on February 21st, and I do want to highlight uh, every year too, not just this year, but even though we are submitting on February 21st, we are still negotiating, discussing, and having ongoing conversations with the mayor's office all the way up until late May when they finalize their budget. So just because we are submitting, that does not uh, kind of end the departmental phase of the, uh, ends, technically ends the department phase, but does not end our participation uh, in this negotiation process. So with that, I'm happy to open to any questions. Thank you very much, uh, Director Corso. At this point, Madam Secretary, do I need to take public comment off this? Uh, yes, we do. I'm going to call for public comment at this time. And there is nobody approaching the podium, and there is nobody on our public comment line. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Public comment is closed. We'll take quick questions, comments from the commissioners at this point. Yeah, the Vice President Thanks Morgan. for your report, Mr. Corso. Thank you. I just had a quick question about the, that graph on page six uh, um, in the purple uh, area. Is that uh, real estate, why is the transfer tax lower 20%? Can you explain that again on the in that purple graph there? Uh, yeah, I can get you some more information. I think that partly is uh, due to volume, but also partly due to um, evaluation pricing too. Uh, there's a number of uh, tax implications from the real estate market that uh, impact the overall budget deficit. Um, there's some, uh, I don't know which section, it's on the housing from the uh, appeals board, but some property tax appeals that take a little while oh. to go through um, the process. Prop 19 or whatever that is. Right, I can get you some additional specific information, but uh, there is a variety of impacts from COVID that are impacting real estate across the board. Okay. It was just surprising. That's a drastic decline of 20%. Yeah. All right, thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. Commissioner Frazier. Thank you for your report. <laughs> However depressing it was, I'm happy to hear it and learn it, but thank you, sure. Mr. Corso. Uh, just a quick, que couple quick questions. Um, on the, I'm back on the page that my fellow commissioner was on, page six, uh, only to say that 
those of us who do drive in San Francisco can be heartened that the parking tax has remained stable as a source of revenue for San Francisco. In fact, it may have increased if I am looking at this accurately. Um, I just think that's wild, wildly bizarre, and maybe a little bit funny. Um, the other th question I had was about the mayoral budget priorities, and maybe you're not the right person to answer this, but my question is about the fourth bullet on that page, accountability and equity in services and spending. Is that more of a philosophical position, or are they talking about something across departments, across neighborhoods? Uh, is there something more concrete in that, or is it a basic philosophical underpinning to the budget priorities? I would say it's both, um, mm -hmm. both in everything that departments do. They want to, departments to analyze it through that lens, and they also want to examine um, and make sure that, you know, city contractors and nonprofits, those contracts that people are doing what they have been told to do. Um, and so making, help holding people with contracts accountable, um, but also having that lens through any department, um, the mission of the department through that lens as well. So I would say part of both. That's, that's good to hear. So part of the accountability is potentially auditing some of the bigger contracts or a bigger volume of contracts that uh, the city has with agencies outside of city services? Correct. That is an initiative uh, from, I believe there's some uh, reports done by the controller's office on that, to that regard yeah. for auditing, um, but that is a point of emphasis, yes. Well, it looks like we have our work <laughs> cut out for us. Yes. Um, I'll continue to contribute to the parking revenue as best as I can going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, thank you very much, Commissioner Frazier. Thank you very much, Director Corso. We'll see you at this next scheduled briefing Great. on the 24th of this month. Thank you very thank much. You. Madam Secretary. Item seven, Fire Commission Annual Statement of Purpose 2024, discussion and possible action to adopt the 2024 Annual Statement of Purpose. All right, I'm going to take public comment on this um, Fire Commission Annual Statement of Purpose for two, 2024. There is nobody approaching the podium, and there is nobody on our public comment line. All right, public comment is closed. <laughs> Commissioners, uh, this is an annual statement of purpose. I don't know if you have this right in front of you. I know the public may not, uh, but I think, and I'll take some advice on this, if we could maybe narrate this into the record so that the public knows what we're adopting. Does that make sense? And if we could, Commissioner Fraser, right, would you participate with me and perhaps uh, do the first section of the mission of the San Francisco Fire Department? And then perhaps we can get this, get this involved with uh, Vice President Morgan to take the items one, two, three, four to the end of Fire Commission will, and I'll finish it off with the last four. How about that? Okay. That'll work? Yep. All right. Thank you, Madam All right. Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Fraser. Annual Statement of Purpose 2024. Uh, the mission of the San Francisco Fire Department is to protect the lives and property of the people of San Francisco and its visitors from fires, natural disasters, accidents, hazardous material incidents, and other causes requiring a rapid and skilled response by land or water serve the needs of its most vulnerable residents through community paramedicine and save lives and reduce suffering by providing emergency medical services. 
prevent harm through prevention services and education programs, and provide a work environment that is free from harassment and discrimination and values health, wellness, cultural diversity, and equity. Thank you very much, Commissioner Frazier. Vice President Morgan. Yeah, to this end, the Fire Commission will, number one, set policy, support administration, and accomplish the mission of the department. Uh, two, support the administration's efforts to enhance and support the collaborative work of the department, membership, and public uh, stakeholders in the delivery of fire suppression, fire prevention, emergency medical services, with the focus upon a common public good. Three, encourage and support the administration to develop and implement uh, systems to improve fiscal responsibility to enhance the budgeting process while maintaining and protecting essential public services, including fire protection, fire prevention, and emergency medical services. And four, encourage and support the administration to develop and effective physical fitness. I'll start over on four, encourage, support the administration to develop effective physical fitness and wellness programs to promote the health, safety, welfare of the members of the department and the public. Thank you very much, Vice President Morgan. Item five, encourage and support the administration's succession plan to include equitable career development and promotion. Six, actively encourage and support recruitment and education in the communities to bring highly qualified applicants to the department who reflect the city's historical diversity. Seven, continue to work with the administration and city attorney's office to review and when necessary, revise official department policies and procedure. Lastly, number eight, <clears throat> contribute to the common good by conducting open meetings regularly and convening such additional meetings as deemed necessary to inform and educate the general public of the work of the San Francisco Fire Commission and the San Francisco Fire Department. Adopted at the regular meeting of the San Francisco Fire Commission meeting on January 10th, 2024. Madam Secretary. Okay, so we need a motion to adopt this annual statement of purpose 2024. Yes, I'd like to make a motion to adopt the annual statement of 2024, Madam Secretary. Thank you, Vice President Morgan. I will second the motion. Thank you, Commissioner Fraser, Madam Secretary. President Nakajo, how do you vote? I vote aye. The motion is unanimous. It Thank has you. been adopted on January 10th, 2024. Item eight, adjournment. Before I do the adjournment, oh. I want to congratulate uh, the fire stations who won their Christmas decoration um, competition, if you will. Who was it? And that first prize was to station 39. 39. Uh. Second prize was to station 12. Third prize was to station 13. And fourth was to station 18. And thank you, Commissioner. You were one of the judges, I believe. Okay, so thank you very much. We want to congratulate. Thank you. This meeting is adjourned. <coughs>